great to be here tonight. You're pathetic. You're all pathetic. Sorry, that's Folks, just how the uh, we're live. Say hello. We're back. Say hello. Yay. Faster than here to talk about politics. We're here to learn about politics. Right. We're and here, and get, get drunk. drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and welcome to Undecided, episode one of Le Petit Saison. Yeah. Tiny season. Baby season. Baby season mm-hmm. in which we'll be going through uh, all you need to know about the upcoming Ontario municipal elections. Yes. Sexy stuff. Sexy, sexy municipalities. Mm-hmm. Wow, this feels so much better than the episode we are never going to show you, <laughs> where, where we were super rusty, and yeah. we were like, how do we even podcast? How do we do this? I yeah. don't remember how to talk to you in front of a microphone. No. We were at, a cot- we were at Tara's cottage, and midway through the episode, uh, her family friends just started up a giant <laughs> ride-on lawnmower. A lawnmower. <laughs> directly outside the window. So, and so um, we had to sit in a hot, sweaty room and wait for the lawnmower to be over. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's leave that behind us. Yeah. Um, as we did. R.I.P. that yeah. thing. Um, so if you... Uh, so you haven't heard from us since a few days before the Ontario municipal election. Uh, and we're so young. We were, oh my god, we're so full of light. TBT to when we were hopeful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. No, we're still hopeful. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So y- the last time you heard from us was right before the Ontario election, and the reason you haven't heard from us since was um, because we kind of had to rev ourselves up before we could rev you up about how we're going to, um, I don't know, move forward in a kind of positive, hopeful way. Would you say that's, like, the correct... Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, um, I think I, like most people I knew, kind of went into a bit of a... Mm, tailspin mm-hmm. after the election results came out, which I don't think anyone was that surprised by, but um, it's still hard to see S- swallow. And yeah, you know, like um, un unclear as to whether I know the polls said that he would get in a um, Doug Ford would get a majority government, mm-hmm. but it was. It was a bit shocking to see, and because this is the first Ontario election where we did electronic voting. Mm-hmm. Um, or not electronic voting. We had an uh, a like a robot basically count our votes. Um, the results came in really fast because usually in Ontario municipal elections or federal elections, the the votes come in after many hours. It like you get the results in kind of the middle of the mm-hmm. night. But you know, um, I was sitting at I was sitting at Doug Ford HQ, which we really should talk about briefly. Okay, you you tell that story. Um, I was sitting at the Doug Ford HQ because we were I was doing uh for undecided I was doing a like a panel for mm-hmm. Looney Politics talking about the election. And, you know, kind of what happened. I was sitting in between two guys who'd been talking on TV for, like, their whole lives. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And there's, like, it's really funny because there's, like, one take. You know, like, for the first half of the video, I'm uh, sitting there, you know, listening and n- not really contributing that much. Not And then me. you can see, but I'm, but I'm pretty happy to be there. Okay. And even though it's Doug Ford HQ and it was really weird, uh, I have, I have to say, I've never seen anything like that in my life. They, they put the tour bus inside 
the fucking venue. I was like, how did you get this in here? Anyway, um, you can see my face change when it becomes very clear that Doug Ford is going to be the next premier of Ontario. Mm. And then we cut out to speak to someone else on the floor of the, uh, of the floor of the floor of the party. And then it cuts back and I have a double whiskey, (laughs) (laughs) which was, um, Ironically, um, quite expensive at the Doug Ford event. Hey. The, the beers were not a dollar. The beers were like ten dollars. Fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And anyway, the last time you heard from us was just before that, and um, we took the summer off. We took the summer off because we needed to figure out um, how we were going to come at this in a hopeful, uh, motivating way. Uh, I think after the election, it felt pretty. I don't know. I don't know if I felt. I felt kind of. Def- I felt very disappointed. Mm-hmm. How's that? How's that for? Yeah, disappointed, and then you barely had time to like be disappointed before there was stuff rolling and that you had to be mad about. Exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna do a brief overview of all the changes that the government has made so far. Um, in the last like like fucking four months. So if you've been living under yeah, if you've been living under a rock like mm-hmm. we have, um, and you're ready to take a bite, um, we have all the info for you. Yeah. So the biggest change that's been made so far, or at least the change that has been uh, the subject of the most scrutiny uh, over the course of the summer, is the sex ed curriculum rollback. So Doug Ford. Fulfill this campaign promise to roll back the sex ed curriculum and reinstate the old curriculum, which was created in 1998, which is the same year I was born. Yeah. So it's And it was a very different world in yes. 1998. Yes. I a very different very world. Very vaguely remember 1998, <laughs> and it was a very different world. Yeah. So, also because I was four. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, he's instructed school boards and teachers to go back to this old curriculum while they hold, quote-unquote, consultations with more parents across Ontario about what to teach these impressionable young children. Definitely not anal sex. Which they're not teaching. Yes. Obviously. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. And even if they did. You heard it here second, whatever. folks. No, but they, they the sex ed curriculum, you can learn more about this on our crossover episode with the Dickwick guys. Yeah. Um, the sex ed curriculum was actually a very comprehensive, uh, salon moi, mm-hmm. a, a appropriate curriculum, where the only mention of homosexuality was about different f- types of families. So yeah. your friend could have a mommy and a daddy, but mm-hmm. he could also have a daddy and a daddy or a mommy and a mommy or uh, yeah. more of that. So the other stuff that isn't covered in the new cu- or in the old curriculum that is now made new again is issues of consent, cyberbullying, sexting, and same-sex marriage. So about 25 school boards in Ontario, and there's 70 school boards total in Ontario. Fun fact. Yeah, have come out against this. And six, at least six, Ontario families have launched human rights complaints against the government. Good for Um, them. Yeah, because they're alleging that the Ontario government is discriminating against queer LGBTQ students by uh, repealing a curriculum that gives them a place in the classroom. That's inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And that threatens um, their security, more or less. Also, the consent stuff. Like, I guess Doug Ford wants you to be sexually assaulted. So, cool. <laughs> cool cool yeah, stuff. That, that's a good soundbite, Tara. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put, put that on the internet. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what's, what's next, Kate? Oh, well, this one goes hand in hand with the sex ed thing. Yes. So, um, let's talk about this quickly. Um, basically, in order to make sure that teachers don't go rogue and, I don't know, care about their students, um, Doug Ford has sent around or his government has sent around this thing, which people are calling the snitch line, but it's basically just a link to the school board, or, like, to the, um, 
body that oversees teachers in Ontario that and the link leads you to a platform where you can make a complaint against an individual teacher. And this is empowering parents to just, like, drop a line if they think their teacher is being, quote-unquote, like, inappropriate or not teaching the curriculum as it's laid out by the Ford government. Um, obviously, this is a super fucked up and insidious move, and it's designed entirely to muzzle teachers' like autonomy and authority in the classroom, but it also represents a huge like negative um painting of teachers and this is a bit of a, like a leap but I'm going to take the leap take it um go. but like a bit of like an anti-intellectual like uh strain because it basically paints teachers as like something to monitor to be afraid of to um to have like power over in what they do and that uh I think is really toxic and really worrying yeah, I get, it comes on the heels of, like, a lot, like, people hate teachers for some reason yeah. in this province, uh, and, um, teachers, like, don't get paid enough for Mm-mm. what they do, but people, for some reason, think that they yeah. are... Yeah, so, if you're interested in teaching in Ontario, we have an episode about education in Ontario, where we talk to two teachers about all this shit, so listen to that. Yes. Um, in the meantime, still on education. Still on education. Anti-intellectualism. So, yeah. Um... um Tell tell us about the indigenous stuff. Yeah, so the uh, uh, during uh, the liberal government of the last couple of years under Kathleen Wynne, uh, consultations were set up with indigenous educators and activists to update curriculums, including social studies, hip- history, geography, and civics, with more and better content about Canada's colonialist legacies and violent anti-indigenous policies, such as the residential school program. These consultations were canceled less than a week before they were scheduled to take place so like think so people like um had books trains and planes yes and buses and some of them were already in their hotels like ready to go like you know um basically the government ghosted them yeah they'd already made a date yeah and i mean i'm sure lots of people can relate to this but when i was in education uh, in elementary school when I was in education. <laughs> um, Still fighting that fight. Yeah. Um, I didn't learn really anything about um, Canada's Indigenous peoples. No. I learned that there was a friendly encounter between, yeah. like, Christopher or whatever, like, Samuel like Champlain. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, the the Indigenous people uh, were like, cool, you yeah. can come and yeah. take whatever you want and, yeah. you know, treat us however you want. Yeah, look, take some furs. We'll yeah. take guns. Yeah. Everything's happy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, th- so obviously this is important to, to begin to do some of the work that mm-hmm. it is required to um, both repair that relationship um between um the indigenous people of canada and the rest of the population mm-hmm. uh, ultimately and also to um t- to make reparations yeah and to shape a generation that's a lot more aware of yeah. the all the bullshit that canada has done mm-hmm. because this is a history that is not going anywhere and canada likes to think that we're like progressive and oh we didn't really have slavery in the same way and all this stuff but we also have a really fucked up past. Yeah. And if students aren't taught about it, like... Um, some people have called what we did to the Indigenous peoples of Canada a genocide. Yeah. And I think that is important to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, the education minister uh, basically said that uh, this was uh, a cost... Uh, effective measure mm-hmm. that um, will allow the government to run more efficiency and save taxpayers money. Um, so that's 
pretty terrible. Uh, I think, you know, like if you, uh, we were talking about efficiencies that the, the efficiencies that Doug Ford would be finding in the mm-hmm. budget. And this is obviously one of them. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on your kind of ideology. If you think that it's worth it. Um, next is the on next on the list of doom and gloom mm-hmm. is the basic income pilot cancellation, which um, is is a unmitigated disaster. Mm. Uh, the basic income pilot was a pilot project aimed at testing out whether a basic income that is a fixed amount of money that people in Ontario, some people in Ontario might get yearly, um, to uh, uh, basically uh, like support them. Uh, and allow them to have the funds that they need to conduct their lives. Basic income has been implemented in uh, countries around the world, um, and it has been found to be a very effective and actually cost-saving way of running your government. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are able to support the most vulnerable people in your population, they don't have, they won't uh, be in and out of things like jail. They mm-hmm. won't have to use um, public services like public healthcare s- and other stuff like that as much. Basically, like if you are fiscal conservative, this makes sense. This actually makes a lot, and there's actually, we talked about this uh, in another episode, which Mm -hmm. we will link in the description, Um, but there are conservatives who support this measure. Um, So Doug Ford... Not that that means anything. (laughs) But though though Doug Ford promised he would not cancel the basic income pilot, he did, Mm -hmm. Um, and the stories coming out of this are rather horrific. Mm -hmm. People that had planned to go back to school with this money, uh, people that had planned to pay off their mortgage, had shaped their entire lives over knowing, over being guaranteed that mm-hmm. they would have, I think it's like fourteen to $17,000. People that were really in destitution, like mm-hmm. people who might, I know a few people who like received it, uh, or I know of a few people who received it. Um, they, they didn't have to go to a women's shelter anymore, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so that, uh, again, kind of um, th- this, uh, kind of in line with this really wanting to hurt people kind of mission that the Ford government seems to be on. Um, we'll talk about more about this next piece of news uh, in a bit, but Doug Ford also has pl- uh, plans to cut Toronto City Council in half, uh, down from uh, 40-something to 25 mm-hmm. people uh, in City Council. Um, and he did this in the middle of an election campaign, which is going to cost the uh, city more than it would have if he just left it as it was. So if we're talking about trying to save money, this is not doing that. Um, another really exciting piece of information, uh, Doug Ford <laughs> and his government are working to challenge the federal imposition of the carbon tax um, after cancelling the Wynn government's cap-and-trade carbon pricing program, which was uh, very successful. World-renowned, in fact. Sure. I mean, like, in Ontario should and could be doing so much more than just cap-and-trade to deal with climate change, but mm-hmm. at least it was something. Mm-hmm. But Ford is now joining... Ford and taking Ontario with him is now joining Alberta and challenging the federal government um, who has said that they will put a carbon pricing system into any province that doesn't come up with their own. Um, And finally... Oh, no, not finally. Almost finally. Um, Doug Ford cut funding for three overdose prevention sites, which are key in supporting addicts and removing unnecessary health risks. Christine Elliott said that sites to open in Thunder Bay, on uh, St. Catharines, and Toronto will be put on hold as the government decides if they 
quote, have merit, unquote. <laughs> this is dehumanizing and repulsive, and it shows how out of touch the Doug Ford government is with the opioid crisis in Ontario. Uh, Public Health Ontario show, shows that uh, 4,000 people visited emergency rooms in the province in 2016 for opioid-related overdoses, and 1,400 people in Canada died from uh, opioid-related deaths in 2017. Mm-hmm. So... If that isn't a good enough indication for why we need the uh, uh, safe injection safe sites. injection sites, which are uh, proven uh, to reduce opioid related deaths, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. This is th- this is a senseless like it's senseless that that people are dying from mm-hmm. this. Again, very much in line with um, this idea that it seems like the Ford government really wants to hurt people. Like this is like people could die. People will die. Like they 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 yeah, are dying. People are dying. It's not that at least in my opinion, it's not that they seem like they want to hurt people. Is that people are just the second concern. The first concern is fiscal is, responsibility. But fiscal responsibility itself is just well obviously such bullshit, but it's not even so much that. It's like this weird sense of like economic pride. I don't even get it. Well, like, and 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 if and if that it's is not it, fiscal responsibility cuz all that, these programs like would actually like well some of them would save money, like the basic income stuff. And like cap and trade, like that brought in like eleven billion dollars or some crazy shit. Yeah, like that. I would love to. I would love to get the rundown of the of Ontario's finances uh, after one year of Doug Ford's government yeah. because of all the things that he's canceling and doing. A lot of them actually will. We'll talk more about this later, but mm-hmm. a lot of things uh, by canceling them or changing things around, it actually is costing the government money mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. So um, we will. I guess we'll see at the end of two thousand or the in twenty nineteen. In lighter but equally stupid news, um, Doug Ford, quote-unquote, kept another one of his campaign promises to bring back Buck a Beer, except most, yeah, except most Ontario breweries can't afford to do that because, I don't know, they have to, like, pay their employees a living wage or something? I don't know. Um, that seems kind of, like, bullshit to me. Ah, living wage. Who yeah. needs that? Yeah, so anyway, he has promised better LCBO, like, shelving and ads for companies that comply with his, like, buck beer thing, um, but obviously the vast majority can't, and it just, like, it seems like such, like, a mob boss move that it's, like, laughable. <laughs> I can just picture him, like, in an alley, like, with his little, like, comb over and, like, a cigar being, like, you give me your buck beer, I give you better placement, like, all this, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, just so funny, because this was, like, such a, like, high-profile campaign promise, yeah. promise of, him, of his, and it's just really funny, because he got into office, and he was like, okay, breweries, yeah. do a buck of beer, and now he's subsidizing the advertisement yeah. of, the, of those beer companies. Yeah. That's, like, his compensation, again, which costs the government money. And I resent even having to have to talk about fiscal responsibility in this way, because, like... That shouldn't be what people care about that much. Well, my dad's like ultimately rolling over in his office chair right now when I say <laughs> well, that. But that was going to be really, really dark. <laughs> He's spinning around in his office chair. I, as mean, I say that. There we go. I mean, yes, and ultimately, like the 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 problem with people like Doug Ford is that they think that a uh, province should be run like a business mm-hmm. or a, a government should be run like a business, and that's just not the case. Like that's yeah. not the purpose of a government. All right, to close off this this section. Though all of this is extraordinarily depressing, at least for us, and sorry for just talking about depressing things for the last 20 minutes, but there is hope, 
And there are things that you can do mm-hmm. to help. And the first thing that's coming up very soon is the Ontario municipal election on October 22nd, 2018. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity in that election to voice your opinion and essentially protest what's going on um, in Ontario by attempting to vote in school board trustees and city councillors that reflect your values and what you believe in. Yeah. So to transition into our discussion about the Ontario municipal elections that are upcoming on October 22nd, (laughs) (laughs) that are coming up on October 22nd, you heard it here first, folks, October 22nd, 2018, we are going to discuss the biggest piece of news that will be affecting um, a large chunk of the Ontario population, which is this news about Doug Ford using the notwithstanding clause. What the hell is this news about the mm-hmm. notwithstanding clause, and what does it mean? Kate is going to help you and me <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. While I drink that, a whiskey. Yeah, thank you for that buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the notwithstanding clause sounds really complicated, but it's actually relatively straightforward. It's embedded in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It's actually in Section 33. If oh, you, in case you wanted to look yeah, that up. Yeah, if you want to be specific For all my it. legal students out yeah. there, holla! <laughs> <laughs> so it gives provincial legislators or the parliament the ability through passing a law to override certain portions of the Canadian Charter of Rights and, Pre- of Rights and Freedoms for a five-year term. Wow, that sounds really bull- like bullshit. It is kind of bullshit. It's basically like a backdoor way to override the charter. And a lot of the pushback against the against Doug Ford using this is that it's undemocratic. Yeah, it's it it, it the like context in which I felt like it should be used is like in something like World War II and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, maybe it came to be then." But then I remembered that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms like came about in like the 80s it's under Pierre new. Elliott Trudeau. Yeah. So why why would we I think it was originally established as, like, some, like, last-ditch check if, like, there was some really unconstitutional thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And it definitely wasn't designed to be used in the way that Doug Ford is using it. And there is very little, like, um, history of its use. Like, it's very, very uncommon to the point that it's, like, a huge phenomenon that he actually is using it. Especially for something this, like... Petty. Well, um, I'm, and uh, you, the pundit class has come out and uh, criticized uh, Doug Ford for using this, mm-hmm. saying that it's, quote, an unwritten rule yeah. to not be using. Yeah. And uh, I saw on Twitter a really good point someone made, which was, if you're going to have uh, this, this, ex- this Doug Ford uh, using the notwithstanding clause mm-hmm. is a great example of how much he doesn't care, yeah. and these types of demagogues don't care mm-hmm. about unwritten rules. Like, like he's not doing anything illegal. He's working with the no. system as it stands. So if you're gonna, it's not him. It's the system. Yeah. So if you're gonna have rules that are unwritten mm-hmm. that can be broken, then that that's bullshit. Like, yeah. write the rules down. Yeah, literally. <laughs> have them in law. Uh-huh. Okay, so anyway, why Ford is actually using this notwithstanding clause um, is pretty straightforward. Basically, a provincial judge here in Ontario ruled that Ford's attempt to cut the size of the city of Toronto, like city council, which we talked about a few minutes ago, right before the election deadline, um, is legal. And this was like a, a major move for Ford. It was a big part of his platform. He's cutting down on the bureaucracy. He's saving money, quote unquote. Um, and so this really pissed him off. And Ford argued that a democratically elected government should not be derailed by a quote-unquote politically appointed judge 
which calls into question like the uh, autonomy of the, judi- of the judiciary. I can't yep. say that fucking word. Judiciary. Of the judiciary, which is I think you could say also judiciary chilling. actually. Yeah. I don't If you if you're if you're proper in English, you say oh. judiciary. Oh my god. Yes. Suck a dick. I can't. <laughs> um we were going to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, he said that yeah, he said basically said that Whatever he wants to do shouldn't be overridden by a judge because the judge wasn't elected and he was elected. And so he's saying that cutting city council to 25 seats from 47 is necessary to streamline decision-making and save taxpayers money. And he's being basically, um, his hands are being tied by this goddamn judge who's ruining his goddamn life. A judge. A judge. So, in order to overturn the judge's decision, Ford is invoking the notwithstanding clause by passing, or trying to pass, a law um, that will override the court's decision and uh, give him his free reign over our sweet, sweet land. Damn. Yeah, dude. Well... Uh, oh, can I just say this one thing? Yes, you can say whatever you okay. want. Okay, <laughs> the province of Alberta also tried to use this law a couple years ago. Well, actually, in 2000. So a long time ago, yeah. But they tried to use it in a 2000 bill in order to limit marriage between a man and a woman. So Dark. this is like this is the this is the caliber yeah and the this is like type. the etymology right. of this clause. Wow, that well that you you. I mean, it, it has also been used to, like, try and protect labor rights in B.C., but, like, that, oh. was, that was in, like, the 90s. This is the most, one of the most recent examples. Oh. But it just goes to show this is super rare, and it's normally used in situations that are very, that feel very do or die. Mm, right, right, anyway, right. And I guess our municipal democracy is pretty do or die. Well, and... If you're Doug Ford. It, yeah, and uh, you may not know this, but Doug Ford used to be a city councillor. Mm. So many people have said, and I don't, I, I can't really speak to the verity, the veracity, excuse me, of mm. this uh, this statement. But Doug Ford used to sit on city council yeah. um, with his brother Rob Ford, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Mayor Rob Ford, um, and um, he was. I guess I think people, he was worked against in a lot of contexts because he, well, he's a bit of a crazy person. Uh, or people, people, pers- he is a goon. Yeah. So um, a lot of people have said that he is doing this to spite Toronto City Council and the people that he used to work with. I like, I hate it, but I also really respect it. Like, I feel like it's something I would do. I just get more power. Oh, and like then a I petty. Turn. Yeah, it's so petty. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's really <laughs> relatable. Like, he's like, He's being quashed by all these, like, fancy men in their suits, and he's like, fuck the elites, even though he himself is, like, a business owner I know, like, like, a millionaire. Like, okay, dude. But still, like, put yourself in his shoes. No, I think, like, I think that there's something to be said, not about the, or, there's not, not, not about the pettiness, but mm-hmm. about, like, breaking this kind of, um... Uh, I I I hate to say anything that even is even remotely like ex- like accepting of Doug Ford generally, I know, but, like you- but I like the idea very much of like you know the purpose of this podcast is to make politics more inclusive mm-hmm. to include more people in the conversation because yeah. right now and that's why people like Doug Ford and Donald Trump are so popular because people even though that they are they are rich elites they speak I guess in a in a relatable way or they mm-hmm. speak in a way that people. Uh, not 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 even just the, not the like way they speak, but they speak about like you know not 
giving the arist- aristocracy power mm-hmm. and not, you know, and I kind of respect that, like, in a way. Uh, no, no, for uh, sure. Another thing they have in common is that they both kind of strip away this, like, bullshit veneer of civility that's yeah. in politics and that, like, capital L, liberals... Um, and, and like worship at the altar of and low key, and and lowercase liberals. Yeah, like yeah, like the mainstream of the of politics. Like you said, capital L. No, I, but I meant capital L. Oh, okay. And, and lowercase and L. lowercase L. Yeah, yeah. all the, all the liberals. Yeah, um, all the li- all the libs. Yeah, but everyone like jerks off this idea that like politics is like civil and refined and yeah. for a certain type of person and yeah. Um, both these leaders are like, ha-ha, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want, and people still love me. Totally. I mean, I think that, um, I think I like the idea of a discourse that can be, I mean, I don't think really civil or refined is, like, the way I, I would, uh, like, ideally imagine it to be, but I like mm-hmm. the idea of ha- being able to have a discourse that is not not so... That is, uh, like, logical and, like... Sure. Yeah, totally. It doesn't mean not respectful. No. But it means, like, people hide behind this sense of, like, of being civil. Like, people in the United States now are, like, looking back on, like, the Bush years and being, like, fondly reverential. Like, remember, oh, remember how bad that was? But, like... The guy killed, like, is responsible for the death of hundreds of thousands of people. Like, realistically, I, like... Bush has more blood on his hands than so Trump. Far, so far. So far. Yeah. No, I mean, totally. Trump has only had, like, two years, so he, he still has lots of time. He has but, lots of time to kill people. But, like, from, like, a moral standpoint, like, Bush is probably worse. Oh, hell yes. Because the but scary thing about... But cuter about it. The scary thing about people, like... Uh, George Bush and Hillary Clinton is they hide behind this veneer of what you like you said civility, civility yeah. and and liberalism mm-hmm. and like free quote freedom unquote yeah, yeah. and uh, behind the scenes they are foreign policy hawks mm-hmm. they're war hawks you know they uh, they they don't care about poor people they like I'm sure that we would have seen lots of I'm sure we would have seen some of a wealth transfer from the uh, to the wealthier percentages of America mm-hmm. with Hillary Clinton in power oh totally. Like, you know, anyway. And she'd probably be, like, knee-deep in, I don't know, fucking, like, Yemen right now, too. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Those, the Clintons love the Saudis. (laughs) All right, so more on on federal politics in Mm. our next season, season two. This is Le Petit Saison, okay? Yeah, Le Petit Saison. We're just in the Le Petit one. Wait, it's Saison masculine or feminine in French, because earlier we said Le Petit, but is it La Petite? Did I say La? No, you said La Petite. Yeah, it is. I think is it's Saison a masculine? I thought it's it was masculine. feminine. It's masculine. La Saison or La Saison? La Saison. La Saison? Okay. Oh, fuck. I gotta Google Trent. Oh, help. Over there. Someone help. Oh, we've been out of French immersion for too long. Eh. This is the classic. Oh, my God. I spoke to someone in French the other day. Yeah. Because uh, I drove through to... Through, oh, I went to the States, guys. I went to the States, and uh, everyone there is fucking sick and yeah. uh, and can't afford healthcare. It's uh, terrible. So anyway, I drove through Quebec on my way to... Uh, it's La Saison. Fuck. La and Petite Saison. Okay. La Petite Saison. Okay. Stop everything. Go back. Yeah. And er- anyway. Rewind. I drove through fucking Quebec to mm. go to uh, Boston a couple weeks ago, and I tried to speak to someone in French. Tr- I spoke to someone in French, and when he asked me a yes or no question, I used the Arabic word for no. <laughs> Like la, and then I was like no, I was like la, and then I like, tried to correct myself. But the more I tried to correct myself, I kept saying la. And anyway, um, so uh, more on federal politics later. We are going back to municipal 
municipal politics right now. And the reason municipal politics is important, you might not think it's important um, because, uh, well, yeah, it's, and if you've ever, I don't know why you would have ever done this, but if you ever watch city council on TV, which you can do every day, it's profoundly uninteresting. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. city council is responsible for the following areas. Mm -hmm. Firefighting, policing, public transportation implementation, fixing of small roads, education management, and the election of school boards, which oversee which is schools. Huge. That's huge. Uh, which, I guess they they give, give funding mm-hmm. to different schools, mm-hmm. they deal with curriculum, or like... And, and I don't know, school stuff. St- they do school stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, prime example of how we're learning with you folks <laughs> learning with you uh planning and development of houses con- uh, and condos and uh re- and um, uh, development so if you're no, an no, MB, wait, you wait. should probably care yeah but what is the re- retail 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 buildings oh, okay so uh and this is i think this is huge especially mm-hmm. for young people especially af- in a city like toronto affordable housing yeah in ottawa in uh hamilton mm-hmm. in london everywhere um Water. Water. Yeah, uh, no big deal. The city's responsible for water. And waste management. And also sewage. Yeah. Um, parks, public parks. So y'all... The, you like Trinity Bell all my, all my Better friends... Better vote in the election. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. So that's... The, uh, municipal politics is important because they are responsible for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you... Um, with your vote, or two votes, as we will explain in a yeah. moment, um, can make a huge difference in the way your ward, which is the division of your city that you mm-hmm. vote for your councillor in, explaining in a second, uh, you can make a difference there. Yeah. So, what is a municipality? First of all, if you don't know, because I didn't think I could really explain it, it's like it's like a city, mm-hmm. basically. Um, it's, it's both... A municipality refers to both the administrative division, which has self-governance and corporate powers, um, so like the city of Toronto or the city of Ottawa, but also the body which oversees the administration of this jurisdiction, so like the the government. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you could call it, the municipality is both like Doug, uh, sorry, not Rob, (laughs) Mayor John Tory or Mayor Jim Watson, but also the like area, the region. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, and they're funded by the province. They okay. do collect taxes in some ways, but often not directly. They don't like get in. They don't get income tax from you. Okay. Okay. And um, but because they're funded by the province, and this is important for what we just discussed, mm-hmm. they uh, are uh, at the behest of provinces to be created, amalgamated, or disbanded at the. You know, with whatever the provincial government wants to. Right. Is behest a word? Behest is a word, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay, cool. cool. Um, Municipal governments oh, yeah. are made up of a mayor mm-hmm. and local councillors who represent divisions within the city, within the municipality, called wards. Yeah. And so when you vote in your municipal election on October 22nd mm-hmm. or before, you will be voting for your local city councillor in a ward, mm-hmm. in your ward. Right. Or wards, again, which we will explain. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're wondering if you're eligible to vote in the Ontario municipal elections, this is basically the three categories that you need to be in. 
in order to be able to vote. So you have to be, first off, a Canadian citizen over the age of 18. Um, and you can either vote as a resident elector, which means that your residence is where you live. And if you live in a municipality, then you're eligible to vote in that municipality's election. Um, you're only allowed to have one permanent residence. Um, you can also vote if you're a non-resident elector, which means if you live in one municipality and own or rent property in another municipality, you're, you're eligible to vote in each municipality's election. What this means is that if you're a student and you're living in Toronto, you're eligible to vote here, but technically you're also eligible to vote where your parents live or your like permanent home address um, if you plan on eventually living there in the next couple years. But or, that's pretty loose. Or going back to live there in a the summer, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you are a resident of two different municipalities, you are eligible to vote in both of them. So basically, you could get two votes in the next Ontario municipal elections. <coughs> Democracy. Democracy. Love it. Do it. Yeah, and Her- you can also vote if you're the spouse of a non-resident elector, which means that if you're married to a dude or a lady or a person who... Um, owns property in a municipality in Ontario, you can also vote, which is super Even if random. you're not a citizen? No, you have to be a citizen. But even if, like, you live in B.C. and your husband owns a house in oh. Kensington Market, you could vote. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's really important for uh, some, uh, actually a lot of people I know. Yeah. So you heard it here first, folks. So if your spouse qualifies rent as a non-resident own. elector, rent or own, yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah, so you can vote too. Um, the other important thing to know about voting is that you need to be on the voters list, oh, which yeah. sounds like a super like exclusive club. Yeah, it, it like kind of is. Yeah, well, technically, I mean, if you look it at is. the Alberta turnout rate, then yeah. it kind of is. Yeah. So your name has to be on the list in order to cast the ballot in October. Um, but you can add yourself to the list if you aren't already on it. But basically, the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation, MPAC, wow. for those in the know, yeah, um, creates a preliminary list based on data, 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 um, they keep <laughs> on home ownership and tenancy. So if you've moved since the last municipal election, which was four years ago, so if you're a student, you probably have moved, mm-hmm. um, you should contact MPAC to make sure it has your current information. And you can just Google MPAC voter list, and you can add yourself. Um, but I'm pretty sure if you don't, if you hear this not in time, mm-hmm. just like any other election, you can bring a piece of mail to the voting booth. Yes. Um, to prove your address in your ward. Correct. You need to do that even if you're on the voters list, actually. You need to bring some oh. piece of ID. The ID has to show your name and your address, but photo ID isn't required. Um, but note that a passport isn't valid because you have to write in your own address on a passport. But, like, everything from driver's license, health card, mortgage or lease, a rental agreement, an insurance policy, a credit card statement, a bill, those are all okay. But you can add yourself to the voters list. Um, when you're voting, you just have to fill out a separate form and I think bring more information. Um, but the deadline to get on the voters list as it stands is this Friday mm-hmm. or next Friday, I guess. And that is September. Oh my God. I can't do math. September 21st. I think. Let me just move, look at my calendar. <laughs> yeah. September 21st mm-hmm. is the deadline to get yourself on the voters list. And it's really easy to do. Just Google MPAC voters list and you can find the form you need to find. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot of talking. Yeah. um, Um, Okay, I have to say one more thing. Yes. Two more things. 
go. If you are a student and you have a part-time job or a full-time job and you don't think you can get off time to time off of work to go vote, um, you are legally entitled to at least or at maximum three hours off on election day to go vote. Um, Hell yeah. Dude. So if your job requires you to work hours that wouldn't give you a three-hour period in which to vote, you're allowed to be absent from your job for enough time to give you that three-hour period. And if your job doesn't allow you that, you can literally sue them. So you can vote no matter what. Right, but that's, I mean, that's great in words, but who has the money or time to go to small claims court and sue their employer? Okay, but you can be like, hey, Joe, boss man. I will sue I you. I will sue yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be gone for like <laughs> even half though, an hour. Even though you probably won't. Yeah, but you still, legally, you're entitled to go vote. Okay. And your employer and you can, needs to know that. And you can have a proxy, right? You can also vote by proxy, which is a complicated process that you should Google if you need to yes. vote by proxy. But if you, if you, if for some reason you're, you're going to be like your in job Spain or something. Or your job, if you, if you're going to get fired and you need to work, mm-hmm. you can vote by proxy and you can find out how to do that yeah. on the internet. Yeah. And we you will, can also vote in advance. So all you have to do is Google your city and advanced voting dates, and it'll pop up. Like, for example, in Ottawa, advanced voting will begin um, October 4th, and it'll run till October 7th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So if you're a person who has a, uh, a permanent residence in mm-hmm. Ottawa mm-hmm. and lives in Toronto as a student, you can advance vote in Ottawa next time you're around mm-hmm. uh, in the advanced voting period. And then also vote here. So yeah. if you really care about democracy and want to put in the effort that is a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to do that, then you can do that, and you but, and we will give you props. Yeah, but also October fourth to seventh is Thanksgiving, so you might be home anyway, dude. Oh, yeah, I will be home, so I'm gonna vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City councilor, the guy who's running for city councilor, is like lives like two doors down from me. So dope. Okay, so here's the deal. For the next, for our la petite saison, okay, we are going to be running through an issue each week, profiling um, that issue and speaking about different city councillor candidates and mayoral candidates who are really championing that issue or, like, really fucking up on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Across Ontario, not just Toronto. Things like education, the opioid opioid crisis, which is, uh, like, often falls under a municipal, Mm -hmm. like, the municipalities, like, help with that. Uh, You know, um... Uh, uh, housing, infrastructure, all that. So uh, that's what you can expect from us for the next uh, few weeks. Mm -hmm. One more thing before we go. Kate and I have recently become a... um, We're not... We don't have any money (laughs) uh, to do this podcast anymore. Last season, we were supported very generously by a media group yeah and and um this this season we're not and um we are we love doing this and it's like one of the things that you know makes our lives super full and Mm -hmm. wonderful but we need some cash to keep the wheels rolling here and i always feel so awkward awkward asking for money Mm -hmm. but if for some reason you or someone you know that likes this podcast has an extra dollar or two kicking around um there's a link in our bio to donate to our Patreon, which will help us continue to do the work of distilling the information that you need to know about uh, politics in Canada uh, in an accessible way, always with our drinks. 
and mm-hmm. always with uh, some comedy and always with some errors. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. Uh, and yeah, it'll just give us, give us the the opportunity to continue to make things and and maybe get a new microphone so that when yeah. we do our roundtable like you don't your ears don't bleed <laughs> <laughs> yeah um both of us feel weird asking for money but yeah. this is the position that we're in if you enjoy what we do it'd be really generous yeah we you would and if you and if you toss us a and if you can't then that's then cool that's too also cool. We, we still love you yeah um okay we would love your feedback if you ever have any questions or things you'd love us to cover on the, podcast, on the podcast if you want to come on the podcast bro like hit us up <laughs> um you can uh, reach out to us on Twitter at undecided underscore pod, on Instagram at undecided podcast, on Facebook at undecided pod, uh, <laughs> at slash undecided podcast. <laughs> and I think that's all the platforms we have. Yeah. So have oh, a great week. Get on the voters list. Mm-hmm. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week on undecided. undecided. <laughs> Sorry, that's just how the uh, here say hello. Say hello. Pascal, CJ, moi.